Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I remember it was years and years ago that I was first introduced to the idea, to the concept, a, a group of people that loved Jesus. They loved the way he walked and talked. They loved Jesus. But then they looked at the church, and all they saw were rules. All they, were saw, all they saw was a bunch of do this or don't do this. And so they would say they loved Jesus, but they hated the church. That was what they would say. They would say they loved Jesus, but they hated the church. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've listened to some sermons, sermons not from, from good LCMS churches, but even sermons from others. And there are times whenever I understand at least a little bit where they're coming from. I've listened to sermons that don't even make mention of Holy Scripture. Instead, it becomes a self-help book. It becomes this idea of if you only live like this or like this, you can, you can just have a great life. And it does become a bunch of do this or don't do this. But even if we're honest, there are times when well, the rules become a little overwhelming. And whenever that happens, I feel like to some degree we miss the bigger picture. Now, don't get me wrong. The people that would proclaim that they love Jesus but hate the church, they also miss the bigger picture. And in fact, they miss the bigger picture in a very significant way. I mean, how can you say that you love Jesus but hate the church whenever Jesus himself spends most of his earthly ministry in synagogues? When he spends most of his earthly ministry in a form of church. And then his disciples, after he ascends into heaven, form the early church. They form the early church, which becomes, as we know it today, the church. You see, they're missing the bigger picture. But on the other hand, if we find ourselves fixated on the rules, on the laws, on all the things of how we do things and don't do things, we find ourselves in a similar picture of missing the bigger picture. We grasp maybe a small section, but we miss the bigger picture as a whole. By the time we get to our gospel reading today, we see Jesus with his disciples. Now he's, he's taking some of his disciples up on a hill with him. But the disciples as a whole, they've seen quite a bit. They've seen Jesus walk on water. They've seen Jesus feed thousands of people. In fact, in, in the Gospel of Mark, we hear about how he fed 5,000 and then he turns around and feeds 4,000 people. Jesus has healed all kinds of people. He has cast out demons. And yet, throughout all of that, as much as the disciples are trying to grapple with the full image of who Christ is, it just seems to be so elusive. It seems to slip out of their hands. Every time it seems like they're about to get it, when you finally think they're going to understand, for some reason they just don't. They don't quite get it. And finally, in the middle of the Gospel of Mark, one chapter before our text, Peter confesses who Christ is. It is the great confession of St. Peter. 
but then directly after that. Just when you finally think, Peter finally has it. He's finally got it. Right after that, Jesus has to take him aside to rebuke him because he stands in the way of the very ministry of God. He doesn't quite get it. It seems so elusive. But Jesus takes some of his disciples and they go up the mount. And it's there on top of that mountain that Jesus is transfigured before them. Now, I'll be honest with you. This is one of those times where I actually prefer the Greek word over the English word because, well, it just seems more fun to me. The actual Greek word is transmorph. Come on. Doesn't that just sound fun? But we translate it as transfigured. He transforms in front of them. He becomes, his skin begins to, to glow. His clothes become white as snow. The disciples that are gathered there are given a glimpse of the glorified form of Christ Jesus. He shines, yet there is no source for his light. He just shines because he is. And there, appearing with him, is Elijah and Moses. Now, the disciples that are gathered there, even then, even with this, all in front of them, it seems like they don't quite get it. They get something. They understand that something very significant is taking place, that they are seeing something very significant, but yet, to some degree, they miss the bigger picture. They want to create booths or tents as if they want to stick around for a while. They're going to sit there and talk. They're missing some of the significance of what's taking place. You see, whenever, the, whenever we talk about the Old Testament, a lot of times the Old Testament can be summarized in two different parts, the law and the prophets. The major lawgiver of the Old Testament is Moses, wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, sometimes called the Torah, the instruction or the law. And in terms of prophets, whenever you think of the major prophets, the one that seems to come to mind is Elijah. Elijah is the major prophet. And so you have the two representatives standing before them, the law and the prophets, and all of them pointing to Jesus, all of them fulfilled in Jesus, right there before them. And yet the disciples still don't quite get the full picture. And even as we follow the rest of Mark, we're going to find that they still don't quite get it all. They still don't quite understand. In fact, it's going to be not just through the gospel of Mark, but it's going to be when Jesus finally resurrects from the dead and he walks and talks with his disciples for 40 days after his resurrection. And when he ascends into heaven, that's when we're going to see that they have a much better understanding of what's truly going on. But right now, where our text is, they still don't quite get it. All these things, the law, the prophets, all of the Old Testament point to Christ. They are fulfilled in Christ. As we think about where we are at, having heard this good news from the disciples on, 
from the very teaching of the disciples, from the early church and on, as we continue on by proclaiming this word, our scriptures, week after week, we need to take note. We need to make sure that we don't just see part of the picture, but in fact, that we read the scriptures as a whole to see all of the scriptures. If we get sidetracked and we focus only on the law, the law is there. God's law is there. It is found in Holy Scripture all over the place. We know that there are some things that we as Christians should not do. But if we fixate and focus only on the law, we miss the other part. We miss what Jesus did for us. We miss the gospel message where Christ died and rose again for our sake and for our salvation to cleanse us. You see, as we gather here, we don't want to allow that misconception to stand. Church is not about what we should and should not do. That's not our main purpose. Again, that is a purpose, but it's not our main purpose. Our main purpose as we gather here as brothers and sisters in Christ is because we are sinners. We have sinned. We have fallen short. When we look at the glory of God, we realize that we didn't make it. We are sinful and unclean. And as sinners, when we looked at the law of God, we realized that we did not do it. We did not complete it. And so we gather together because we need a Savior. Because we need Jesus. Because we need a Savior who would die and rise again for our sake and for our salvation. That's why we gather. That's why we gather week after week, why we hear the Word of God, why we receive Christ's true body and blood, because we need salvation and we can't find it in ourselves. And the world outside needs to hear that. And they need to know that. Because if they think that they love Jesus and hate the church, they're not really hearing about the real church. They're missing something. Maybe, maybe it was explained poorly, or maybe it was explained really well, but they just didn't quite grasp it, or maybe they went to the wrong church. Who knows? But they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear that the church is just not a bunch of people with a bunch of rules. But in fact, it is a church for a bunch of people that failed and need a Savior, who failed and need Jesus, the Jesus of Holy Scripture, the Jesus who died and rose again for them and for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.